1: Beyond and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dormush and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show covering the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation and we're literally covering the latest and greatest PlayStation game this week. We're talking all about Horizon Forbidden West in a spoiler-free capacity. Obviously we know this episode is coming out before... Pretty much everyone out there is going to get to play Horizon, so don't worry, we're, we're going to take a very spoiler-free, uh, spoiler-restrained discussion approach as we, as we get into it, but we've all been playing the game, and we're going to be telling you all about our thoughts so far about it, what we've been enjoying, what we, we think has been improved or not improved over the first, and, and just really get into it. Uh, and before we get into that, though, I'm going to introduce my panel. I'm joined this week by Mark Medina.
2: Mark, despite the Nora they call me very excited horizon is a very good game let's talk about it. how
1: long it. have you been holding on to that one
2: uh, i'd say somewhere around two to three minutes fair enough i thought of it right before we went live perfect i made a joke that i was going to say something else but i was like oh wait this is better
1: <laughs>
3: i liked it we're also
1: joined this week by jada griffin
3: hello hello i do not have anything as witty as that mark so curse you Um, and I can't wait to talk about the robot dinosaurs that we're going to, that are in the game. Whoa! We are going to talk about
1: the machines. Yes. Yes, the machines. machines.
3: I mean, Uh, let's be real. Let's be real. What is, what is a Thunderjaw? A Thunderjaw is basically, it's a, it's a, almost like a T-Rex, kind of.
2: That one, that one, that one person tour. who said Jada is awesome. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's he's gonna come back. That's he's done. taking his he's comment it, back. I resent Never mind.
1: The <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we are going to be talking about uh, Horizon Forbidden West. We, we've all been playing it and gotten uh, to certain degrees of finishing or not finishing the game as we're talking about it. But we've all been playing quite a bit of it. Uh, we were going to have Simon Carty on. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it because uh, the English countryside lacks internet. Apparently, he's he's mm-hmm. living out there mm-hmm. and it's just it stopped working. Uh, he couldn't join us, but uh, as you're hearing this, as you're watching this, his review is up. Please go check it out. He gave it a nine. He called it amazing. He wrote a really, really excellent review. There's a really great video review as well, uh, where he got into all of his his thoughts about the game. And I think, you know, we're probably not going to deviate too much from those thoughts. I think it's safe to say, on the whole, this panel has been really loving Horizon, and we'll, we'll get into why. Mm-hmm. But please go check out his review. It's, it's really, really great. And uh, also for those interested, Mark, you're going to have a graphics comparison up as well?
2: Yeah, it should be live right now. We compared, uh, I compared PS4, PS4 Pro, and then the the PS5 version has two graphics options. So if you're curious how it runs on all of those, go check it out.
1: Nice. Uh, and I, I'd say, yeah, as a uh, boilerplate sort of example, I've been playing on PS5. Jada, I believe you've been playing on PS5, correct? Correct. And then, Mark, you've tried it across all three, but been primarily playing on PS5?
2: yeah the the p s four and p s four pro were were strictly for that video gotcha. my time has a hundred almost a hundred percent been uh p s five in frame rate mode gotcha so yeah i i do want
1: to say we probably won't hang too much on the the visual and audio stuff a lot because we obviously know a lot of people out there will be playing on ps4 and ps4 pro and we don't want to give you the completely wrong perception of the game but we will give our examples for those playing on ps5 uh and as i said at the top we're not going to be going into too many spoilers we know how much people are looking forward to this game and i would say mark you and i were talking before the show there were so many moments and things that we enjoyed being able to discover on our own we would never want to ruin that experience for people out there um, so, no—that That is correct. Know that we're going to try to stay as spoiler-free as possible. We are going to give our impressions. We are going to talk about things uh, that are within bounds that you've seen in, in trailers or my preview or in Simon's review. So just keep that in mind as we go. But especially spoiler stuff, I think we're going to remain pretty vague on. Um, mm-hmm. I think that kind of covers all of just that. the, you know... Table setting of what to expect, but uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. I'm really excited because we're we're gonna jump into it. But I think let's start just with general thoughts, sort of big takeaways of your time with Horizon. I think uh, tell me what, kind of how much of the game you've played, whether you've beaten it or not, but kind of like just a rough, you know, ballpark of how much you've done. Mark, I'll start with you.
2: Yeah, so uh, I, I I think I can very easily say that I I love this game. I love zero dawn and i had a feeling i would really really like forbidden west and i was completely enamored with it the entire time the the music is so good it is incredibly beautiful and it is just so fun and i'm so i'm so excited to be back in this world uh it's a much bigger world than zero dawn was the the people who liked zero dawn you're really going to like forbidden west i can tell you that right now um as far as completion goes i have beat the game and I would say I'm around, I don't know, 15, maybe 15 hours after. I That's probably even more. It's probably more like 10. Uh, as far as work goes, it becomes this thing where I've beaten the game to help with a few work things. And now I've just been working. <laughs> <laughs> so my counter has been kind of going up, but it's it's capturing for specific features, right? It's not just playing the game. So it took me around 35 hours to beat the game. And I would assume that there is a a good amount left, probably probably that much more uh, to be able to do everything. There's uh, the game's huge. Yeah, I think
1: Simon said he, with a bit of side quest, not not the you know totality of it by any means. Uh, in his review, said it took him about 32 hours to get through the campaign with some mm-hmm. side quest stuff, but having a ton more to do and see. Uh, Jada, what about you? What, what's uh, your like top level thought so far?
3: Uh. I am just so in love with this game. Like, it, I knew it was going to be one of those games that I was just going to, like, it's going to get its hooks into me and uh, I would not let go. And the only reason why I've, like, taken a break from playing this is to play Sifu for a couple days because I wanted <laughs> to have discussions with that. But I instantly went right back to Horizon as soon as I was kind of, like, done with Sifu. I was like, all right, time for Horizon. Cannot wait. The characters are done so well. I love the added dimensions to everybody that they've added There's so much more dialogue in this game. Like, you remember the dialogue wheels? You know, anybody who played the uh, Zero Dawn will remember the dialogue wheels. Those are still there and unchanged. But now sometimes you'll go into a dialogue option and there'll be six more dialogues inside that (laughs) one dialogue option. So there is so much voice acting, so many voice lines. It's all performed amazingly well. The combat loop is better than it's ever been. I spend so much time just... In individually ripping parts off of every single creature and machine I come across. Like, it's just like, okay, I need to take off its tail. I need to take off its horns. I need to take off its tusks. I need to take off all of these different parts. And I literally do not consider myself done with this creature until I've literally picked every part clean from their corpse. <laughs> um, and it's great. I love it. Uh, I'm playing on ultra hard for my first playthrough, so I am not as far as everybody else. I'm about... The masochist. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'd say I'm, I'm probably. I've got probably about half the map, uh, covered with all the side quests up to that half the map point done, and I'm about 30 hours in. I'd say with my game clock, I have left it on a little bit, um, when I was just like kind of gabbing capture like Mark does for other stuff, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be one of those games I pour probably close to 100 hours in just for you know finishing the game and then post launch and then just playing it for fun. Um, Because I did that a lot with the original Horizon, where I just kind of rode the countryside and took taken down Thunder Jaws and Snap Maws and all those other amazing robot dinosaurs and machines that are not (laughs) technically dinosaurs. Um, But yeah, I love it. Uh, I cannot wait to get to some of the bigger moments that these two have been uh, alluding to in some of our chats. Um, (laughs) I'm super excited for it. But yeah, I love it. It's so good. Well, So good.
1: To to be contrarian, I guess... (laughs) I love it so much, too. I am, like, so excited to be talking about this Rest. game with you both, because it is wild. Like, I I really enjoyed Horizon Zero Dawn, but, I like, there is an affection for it that has been mm-hmm. growing while I've been playing Forbidden West. Like, there is, I think, a soul to it. Like, it, it's hard for me to quantify, but there is some sort of magic to, I think, everything they've done with this one, where... Everything I enjoyed about the first game is better and everything I had complaints about in the first game has largely been solved to a to a large degree. I mean, like even something like you were saying, Jada, there there is more story here and you are gonna have a lot of dialogue wheels. But that was one of the things in Zero Dawn I didn't love as much because a lot of it felt very kind of we need to get you the lore dump out. And yeah, it was exposition. very
3: lots of exposition in the first and, one.
1: And very boring camera work. It was often just a couple people's faces. I'd say like the storytelling here, the information that you get from it is so much more interesting. I'm so much more engaged with the story. Um as you were saying, Judith, like the combat is it's that great loop, just refined and improved. Mark you were, you were calling out the soundtrack like it's a really good score. I really It's so I good. Can't I
3: can't wait. wait to get the vinyl.
1: Exactly. I like yeah. there's got to be a vinyl announcement soon. Please make it if you're not already Mondo and Sony cuz like I will buy it in a heartbeat. Like
2: I, Well and it's it's super like dynamic yes, too, right? Yeah. It's one of those soundtracks that you know, it it doesn't just it, it matches what's exactly happening on screen and and there's like two versions of every track where it'll be like kind of a chill you're like uh, an early mission has you going through a cave, a sunken cave to like rescue a, a minor guy. It's it's like a it's a side quest. Yeah. And, and the music is like super like low key, but it's there. And it's one of those ones that it then ramps up when when a battle happens, and then and then that battle ends, and then and then it, and it you know quiets back down and just kind of chills in the background there. And it's like that's the kind of stuff I love. Yeah, uh, a lot of lot of care was put into that.
1: Oh yeah, and it's yeah. I think it's all built into kind of as you were alluding to, and I think we'll talk about a lot of just how I think engaging and interesting the world is. Like obviously the the mm-hmm. machines. And the idea of everything going on in the first game was really, really interesting. But I think everything here is just so much more dynamic. And my hopes yep. after having played like the preview a few weeks ago was, okay, I kind of get the sense of that in this one settlement, but I hope the rest of the game is like this. And it is.
2: Yeah. And it's mm-hmm.
1: really, really fun. So I, I do want to get into some of the specifics of it, because I'm sure people have a lot of questions or, or want to know about a lot of specific beats of it. So I think let's start off with the thing we'll probably discuss the least out of concerns of spoiler but i think it's worth touching on uh the general story of it um you know simon and mark Mm -hmm. simon beat it mark you've beat it um i obviously there's a lot of stuff on the sides what what has been sort of your overall excitement of it especially as someone coming from horizon zero dawn who who really enjoyed that game
2: Mm mm-hmm uh real quick just to talk about the music one more time (laughs) uh (laughs) something i really really encourage everybody to do is when you first boot up the game and you're on the main menu let the music play at least one full cycle Yeah. because that song is is not really in the game and it is so good yeah so like just like That's what I did is is I booted up the game and I was like, I want to hear their like main menu song. Because Zero Dawn had a really good main menu song. Uh, So I I highly encourage people to just like kind of set the mood for yourself. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So as far as the story, the, the story is, for one, it is absolutely a continuation of Zero Dawn. If you did not play Zero Dawn... This game tries its best to catch you up in a couple different ways. Uh, one, in the form of a recap movie. And two, in your notebook, there is full like biographies for people. People that were even in the first game that you haven't seen yet in the second game. And those are so well. I When I got to the first town and I could open my notebook, I read every single one of them. <laughs> and especially the one for Elizabeth it is a full recap of zero dawn. So if you're a little worried on like what zero dawn was like the, you know, the event itself, it's all there to catch you up. So that's great. Um, The biggest problem I had with zero dawn's story, not the story itself, but the way it was told is a lot of it was told in like audio logs and notebooks and stuff that you find throughout the world. You had to just kind of piece it all together. I remember very specifically at the end of zero dawn, It's almost frustrating that you're trying to get through, uh, you're trying to get through, I think it was like Elizabeth's office or whatever, and, uh, spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn, and uh, it's to this point where you, you listen to an audio log and you have to just stand there and wait for it to go because you've already gotten to the next one. So you have to wait for that one to end, mm-hmm. then you scan the next one, and you have to wait. And that's like really when you learn what Zero Dawn is. So it's it is not skippable. It's required reading, and I, I remember not super loving it. This plays it completely different. There are notebooks, there are audio logs, but those are purely contextual. Everything is told to you on screen, uh, in the in the way that J- Jada alluded to earlier, which is there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of cutscenes too, mm-hmm. um, but the dialogue. You'll meet a character and you can be like, hey, what do you need? And they're like, hey, here's some story stuff. Are you ready to go? And you could just say, yeah, let's go. Or you can piece through the dialogue tree. That can take upwards to 20 plus minutes sometimes if you want to listen to all of them. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot. And it, and it does this really, really cool thing where, <laughs> where it's almost cheesy, but I, I loved it, where it's like Aloy's standing there talking to somebody. And it, and it does this really cool like, almost like blur around the edges of the screen and and it's showing you that the focus of that conversation is between these two people so then you talk and then and it'll go into a cutscene. scene they'll kind of move around or whatever and then they always end the conversation back in their place yeah and then it zooms back out and you're back in that like conversation tree. Well, and it keeps I listen to all of them. Oh, I do. It's too. so good. <laughs> it
1: keeps them dynamic though because you used to go through yep. all those and it would just be their faces talking to each other in like right. as they're standing still, but here they use the space more. And that's like that's true in the cutscenes. Yeah. The cutscenes are really beautifully, I think, uh staged and and shot and and the way that they're integrated. But yet even just the normal conversations are way mm-hmm. more engaging.
2: Across the board, yeah, she'll she'll be like sitting on a bench, and it'll it'll do that like zoom thing I'm talking about, and, and it'll be on those two people, and then you'll choose the dialogue option, and she'll stand up and she'll talk and she'll like wave her arms and do whatever, and then as the co- as her part is dying down, she'll sit back down, and then boom, you're back on the dialogue tree again. It does it so like organically. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize. Until I'd say a, a quarter of a way through the game, that that's what it was doing. Totally. Was that it was always putting you naturally back in that spot? And, and for people who love games like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, who want to just learn everything, there there's so much of it. And, and I, I would say, I honestly would say, a lot of it is required. It's optional, but man, there's there's so much more context if you actually sit there and let those things play out that there's a lot of stuff. So my overall thought is the story is really, really good. It's a lot more matured than zero Dawn. Yeah. And uh, it, it is much better told. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
3: yeah I, I th- th- oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, I was going to say there's the world is so much bigger. So we need that context to like, kind of understand mm-hmm. there's so many more things that are going on and happening in the store in just the main storyline to begin with that these extra dialogue options really help fill out what's going on when you're going to these other areas. There's been a bunch of different times where I've talked to people, I'm like, oh, okay, I know somebody I need to look out for now. I'm keeping an eye open for this person, or this, they talked about something happening up here. So it kind of also creates that kind of like, I should go check out this area because they talked about something happening there. And I found, you know, some sometimes it's nothing, or it's just like a spot with like maybe like a collectible or some type of resource, uh, but sometimes there's an event um, that's happening over there. You know, I think that there was one time like they mentioned like people going missing, and I was just I totally forgot about it, and then I was just wandering an area of the map and I found two people being attacked, and I was like <laughs> that's really cool. Like these were the people that were missing, and so like there's just a lot of really cool elements that you kind of pick up and learn about
0: in those extra dialogue options and.
2: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
1: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's great. And I think, like, to, to that point, Jada, it, it does such a great job constantly of, of helping to make the world feel like an actual world because it will – it almost always follows up on things. Like, chances are – a mm-hmm. side quest or a conversation will have implications to something else out there in the world. And so it makes your understanding of how things are interrelating more interesting. It, it it makes things more relevant that you might think aren't as important, whether it's like you said, running into a couple people later or entire settlements that you might want to go check out or just like even a side character's ongoing story. It like checks in on those things and creates mm-hmm. these mini stories. I like, I think that's the thing where, a lot of open world games don't quite do that super well, but should. Um, and this really, really does. Like it makes me invested in the totality of the world and not just Aloy's story.
2: I, I can give a, a perfect example of, of what you're talking about. And it, it, I, I noticed it too. And I loved it a lot. Um, you, there, there's a thing where you help somebody out in the open world. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the person you help then goes back to one of the towns and Aloy says, I'll, I'll, "I'll check on you once you're back in town and stuff like that." That quest is over; it's done. You, there, there's no more options to check on that person. But as you're running through the town, they'll have a little like marker over their head, and it's just a dialogue marker where you can go up and talk to them, and she'll just be like, "So, you know," it'll go into the cutscene and be like, "So, how how are you settling in?" And they'll be like, "Oh, fine," and like like there, there's no reason for that to exist mm-hmm. other than. She said she was going to check on them, so she's checking on them. Like that's not part of the quest. You don't get anything for talking to them. Yeah, it's just she said she would follow up, and she does. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's really great about creating that that loop of caring about everything, even after the the moment of completing the quest, getting the XP, getting whatever item is at the end mm-hmm. of it. Like you can, it feels like you are making an impact on the world, which I think is you know, a thing a lot of games strive for, but not everything really succeeds when it comes to open world games, but it feels like this one really, really does. And um Mark, just to your point kind of about like uh the the original game and, you know, like learning everything at the end of it. I feel like and I talked about this a little bit when we were talking about the preview, and so I'm curious what you both think now, but I do think part of the the problem was Zero Dawn, and I get why it was this way, but it was because it kept so much important information out of the players And Aloy's view until the very end of the game, like specifically Mm -hmm. and concretely, now that you have all that info, it just wants to tell you the story about these things. Like there are mysteries and there are secrets of things, but you know, you have a better understanding of this world. And so it's more Mm -hmm. just about filling it with interesting characters and stories. And that like, that's what I feel like is really happening here. But yeah, is that how it feels for you guys?
2: It, it the you know the Horizon story. There, there's two stories happening, right? There's Aloy's story, and then there's the entire story of the old ones, right? Zero Dawn and all that stuff. And Horizon Zero Dawn for you know completely reasonable. This is exactly what it was was supposed to be. That is Aloy's story from start to finish. She's completely naive. She just you know knows these tribal ways. That's that's how she was grown up and. That's what she knows. They don't know anything else, right? they That's why they think everything is like a god and stuff like that when really it's just like a computer, right? They don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. This game, Aloy is so much more smarter about that kind of stuff. Someone will say, oh, you heard a god speak, and she'll kind of cut them off, and she'll be like, it's not a god. It's 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 computer. Like, she knows so much more of this. So – not that this isn't focused on Aloy, totally. absolutely focused on Aloy, mm-hmm. but this game is really, really focused on telling the bigger story. If you have a lot of questions about what happened, you know, that led up to the apocalypse, what went wrong during the apocalypse, and really what's happened since.
3: Aloy was very naive. She was very kind of like, it was kind of just like her, she was almost aimless. Like she had a destination in mind, but she didn't really know why she was, Hundred percent on this journey, and and what the stakes were in her in this journey of her discovering her origins and stuff like that. Now that she knows all this stuff, she has drive. She has a mission. She knows which why she's going, where she's going for very specific reasons, and why why she needs to do this, um, and how big how much bigger the stakes are than they were in the first game. Um, And I love that it's you know it's a great way of the developers really showing how they've upped the the ante and the stakes from the, from Zero Dawn to Forbidden West. And, you know, I am just, I'm super ecstatic with only seeing probably a third of the storyline and I just can't wait to see more.
1: (laughs) Well, and in terms of upping the ante, I do feel like it also, like both Mark, to your point, I I enjoyed a lot of the table setting it did for the world in Zero Dawn, but Mm. like I give such, I, I care so much more, I'm like trying to not curse, I care so much more deeply about the mythology and the lore and Everything in this game, like just something about the way it's written and the way it's told. I'm like, yes, give me more, tell me everything about this world. I need to consume it all and know it all. It like it, it compels me to want to learn about it in a really interesting way. And and Jada, to your point of like, um, I I, I think the evolution from Zero Dawn, it it also, you you both were kind of pointing to this, um, so I don't want (laughs) to give credit to only one of you, but like the, the, the alloy of it all it also broadens that world and makes the side characters, I think, way more interesting and way more important, too. Um, and yeah. I know, Jada, you've only seen a little bit of that, but ha- have you enjoyed, I, I think, like, the-, the wider cast this time around?
3: Yeah. I mean, I've yeah, I've had plenty of conversations with, like, Varl and Erend and stuff like that. I've had a lot of those type of interactions, Petra, like, getting to see, just even, like, in uh, Chainscrape, I believe, is that first big town. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just those conversations with Petra and, like, I spent a lot of time in that first area called the daunt and there were so many times where I'd go back in and Petra would just have a dialogue option. I would sit down and have another drink mm-hmm. and talk with Petra and somebody else <laughs> at the table would do something and Petra would, you know, establish her dominance in the town con- con- constantly. So, uh, that's the recommendation I have for you. While you're in that first section of the game, check in on Petra pretty often. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff with her. Um, and then one other thing I was gonna say um, oh, what was it I lost it um, if you can't come back, back to me can,
1: yeah can come back I'll, to you
2: just I wanna I wanna, I wanna to Jada's point about that I, I want to also like say that that is a constant in the game actually is uh, yeah. um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I don't want to say too much but I know, there, right? is reason, <laughs> there is a reason there's a reason your friends are, are around you a lot more in this game than they are. In Zero Dawn, and oh, I, I tried to cut out you all those black one. screens. Come I'm on. sorry, I missed one, <laughs> Kate. I apologize. There was like 50 of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> audio listeners are like, "What is he talking about?" Um, there is a reason that the NPCs are are, are very much around Aloy for for uh, you know most of the game. And what's what I love about it is they always have something to say. I, I will say, almost annoyingly so. Only because there was a there was a part where I wanted to eventually just get through the game, but I mm. didn't want to miss dialogue. And yeah. you would go back to your, we'll just call it a town, and they'd be there, and they'd all have a million more things to tell me. And I'm I like, totally all right, let's, let's, I get that. let's settle in and let's go. And, and they would react, to our point earlier, they would react to like side quests and stuff. You do a side quest where you meet a character from Zero Dawn, and that's a completely optional side quest that you don't have to do. And all of your characters, you can say, like, hey, did you see this character come through? Like, that's something that wouldn't be there if you had not done that side quest. I, I find yeah. that super interesting. But I I I can't stress enough how how much I love Aloy herself just in yes. this game. Yeah. She is mm-hmm. so funny funny and yeah. something early on that happens like she's so much more sure of herself and she she doesn't take anyone's shit right and so like there's this guy at the beginning who he keeps reading from a scroll <laughs> and you can she's clearly annoyed by him mm-hmm. and so he eventually opens it back up and he starts to talk and he's gonna read from a scroll and she literally it's just like hey, shh. and she does that more than <laughs> once it's yeah. so good I I love that like someone will be like oh i'd I'd love to show you this and she's like no I, I, I don't care laura i don't have time like she's she does not because she's she's like praised in this game so she has a mission mm-hmm. that she is on and she really doesn't let anyone get in her way or try to stop her at all uh so she is just a joy to watch in in all of the cutscenes, the way she interacts with people it's, it's I- really good
1: I think just to that point, like it's a phenomenal performance. Like I, I think Ashley Birch was great in the first game, and I think even better here because of that. The complexity that you're getting from Aloy, I think you're absolutely getting this more sure-headed, confident Aloy, but also someone who is like purposefully taking the weight of the world on their shoulders because they're trying to live up to Elizabeth. Like Elizabeth mm-hmm. essentially allowed humanity to live on her. Her mom. Her. Her. You know, former self. Right is essentially the reason any of this can even happen and that's a big thing to live up to Mm -hmm. and i think they they sell that but they also sell like the side of her that is lighter that is funnier the reason people do find her charming like all these things about her i think are so well encapsulated in this story i yeah like to your point we're talking about the the wider story but this is still an aloy focused game and aloy Mm -hmm. is phenomenal at the heart of it
3: yeah. Yep. And, you know, I'll add one last thing to that. But like, she's just dynamic. She is just a very dynamic character where it kind of, she changes up based on the situation and what it calls for her and what she knows needs to be done. So like, you know, you guys are saying like, you know, she like, shuts everybody down and stuff like and she does do that. But there's a lot of times she's like, OK, I guess I should probably help these people out and stuff totally. like that. <laughs> and that happens. And she's so she's very amenable to 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 Help out on these other side things if you want to. I mean, you could honestly, there's sometimes where it's like, nah, I'm good. And you could just leave if you don't want to do the side quests. I recommend doing them because mm-hmm. all Should the bonuses all. and stuff, yes. <laughs> They're great. there's so much good stuff in them and the stories are all very well told. Um, I haven't been, I haven't found, I haven't, like I said, I've been doing all the side quests in the first like half of the map. I haven't had a single side quest where I'm just like, Ugh! I just want to be done with this so I can get back on to the next quest because I'm really not enjoying. It. I haven't had that like an inkling of that feeling with any of the side quests yet so far, um, and I'm hoping it continues. And I'm sure you guys will probably feel at least remotely the same about most of the ones. You guys have probably done some of the later ones and I haven't.
2: So. Yeah, I, this morning me and Dornbush were talking and and he got to a certain part and I I was like, did you do the side quest there? And, and you said that you hadn't. And that side quest alone is. <laughs> Honestly, one of the best quests in the game that just the moment that happens in that side quest is is super good. And you're like, oh, that was a side quest. That wasn't even a main story. That was that took me all over the place. That was awesome.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And they reward you and they reward you accordingly, which is also great.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm in that weird camp of I know the legacy of The Witcher and I've never played it. And now I'm just at that point where I'm waiting for the, the PS5 patch. Because I am playing too much else, and but that is the thing I've always heard about The Witcher is like this is sort of the benchmark for side quests, and I think there have been you know occasional side quests in an Assassin's Creed or like a couple in Ghost of Tsushima that live up to that, but like on the whole, Horizon feels like the game that speaks closest to that so far for me in terms of widely accomplishing that, where everything on the side is important and satisfying to do, and not there just to give you another marker on the screen, um, yeah. but. I, I do want to get into that because, you know, Jada, you were alluding to, like, some of the uh, reward you can get and, and Mark, you were talking about some of the wider, like, story and world stuff. So I do want to get into um, more foundational stuff, concrete things we can actually talk about uh, and not just talk around. Uh, and I think some of that might be, let's start with the gameplay side of it. I think, you know, <laughs> combat and traversal are, are sort of the two pillars we're going to look at. Um, and, and Jada, you were, you were saying this a little bit earlier, I think, but, like, it, it takes what you loved about the first game and I think amps it up. It's like, if you... If you love those machine fights, those are still here in all the, their glory. I think the suite of new machines that you fight are really cool and really mm-hmm. interesting. But but yeah, Jada, since you've been playing on Ultra Hard, and since you also you know you have told us uh, off show like you are trying to collect as much of these machine parts as possible, you were mentioning a little bit earlier. How how have you enjoyed the combat? Like what what about the sort of new additions, new weapons, new new enemies? What's really been grabbing you about it?
3: yeah so i mean tearing parts off of creatures i feel like has never been easier um but it's still they're, but not easy to the point of where like oh i just hit it once and it falls off it's more of like you have so many tools at your disposal to start removing these part tearing these parts off of these machines that it just feels like okay i can really play this how i want um i've been primarily still just using a straight hunter bow with the regular arrows um, because i specced into the machine master tree which like improves your like length of how you can like how long you can keep mon- uh, machines overridden gives you bonus damage while you're riding machines stuff like that but there's a, a valor surge the special abilities you can charge up called part breaker and when you get to level three on that when you've like maxed out that skill you end up being able to like chain stun an enemy to the to the ground like i was fighting a, a thunder jaw earlier today and i weakened all the parts a little bit and then i activated my valor surge knocked off one of his uh like cannons which stunned him to the ground at level three automatically and then i went around knocking out parts just over and over again and it kept resetting the stun gauge so i just <laughs> like literally the thunder jaw was just crippled to his legs on his side for the entire combat. And I just like picked them apart piece by piece until I was like, OK, I'm done. And then I just shot him through the heart to finish him off. Um, but yeah, so it's just like little things like that and being able to play how you want. The all the new armor sets are amazing. They look gorgeous. I've got this mm-hmm. really cool like one with like a metal mask. I look kind of like the um, the Velociraptor ones. The uh, what are those called? The claw. Um, claw Striders. Mm-hmm. plus striders yeah. Cool. Uh, I've got it's based. I, I believe it's kind of based on that one, and it's just so cool looking. Um, and uh, but you can slot these. There's so many more coils to customize. Like you can boost your concentration, so you can stay in slow mo mode while you're aiming longer. You can boost your melee damage. Melee is amazing. We can talk more on that later.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but there's like there's bonuses to knock down, bonuses to tear, bonus like all the stuff you remember from the old ones. But there's so much more depth. And you can just constantly like upgrade past the skill cap in the skill menu with your gear sets. So, like, yeah. I am, I have like a stealth build on one of my outfits, and it literally says in the menu, like, nearly invisible. Like, <laughs> without any other stealth action or ability being in, you know, the, the high, the tall grass, I'm just still basically invisible the whole time I'm walking around the map. So, I don't get caught off guard by the machines. I get to do the, uh, go on the offensive first and it's just great i love everything about the combat the loop is just so satisfying so much fun um punishing on the hardest difficulty there's sometimes I'm fighting a thunderjaw and <laughs> i'll mistime a dodge and it's like a one shot and i'm like level 28 so that's a lot of hp <laughs> it's almost like 500 hp i think and he's just like <laughs> one shot and it's just like oh i was <laughs> behind i was behind cover but I guess that works, um, but it, it's so much fun. I love it. I love the combat so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, to your point, like the I think the interplay of everything—it's like a a hard thing to be like, "Whoa, look at this in in a snapshot or something." But like to your point of having a stealth build or whatnot, it's like the skill trees being so varied and so large this time around, and the interplay of your weapon and outfit upgrades is like. Something I don't think we can undersell. Like it is, mm-hmm. I, I think you put put it perfectly. How much that can make a big, big impact to the way you play.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's funny that. So I'm gonna. Negative is not the right word, but I'm going to mm-hmm. say two things I really, really like, and two things that I, I don't love so much. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because the B-roll is kind of showing it there for a second. So, uh, for one, is is the melee combat is improved, and I love it so much. You start, and it's a lot like Zerodon, but it it changes quite a bit. It, Basically, what you can do is you unlock melee combos, and how those work is is r one and r two are still the only buttons you can use to melee but what'll happen is uh um like one of my favorite combos is is you you push r one and then you don't push anything else, and what you'll see is what you'll see happen is she'll swing and then her staff will do a little bit of a like spark like a little bit of a glint, and that's how you know that the pause is over, and so the combo itself is like r one pause, R1, 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 right? Like, those, that's kind of how the combos work. So it'll be like, R1, clink, R1, 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 and, the, and she'll do this, like, insane combo. And then there's other stuff where it's like how to, you know, break someone's guard, and so that one could be something like, R1, R1, pause, R1, R1. And, like, it, it sounds weird when I say it like that, but that's how they work, and it kind of becomes second nature. It um, fits
3: yeah, you, you get the hang of it, i say It feels quickly. very yep. natural, yeah. You're talking about the uh, spinning scythe, it's one of the later abilities on there. It's uh, yeah, R one, R one, pause, R one, R one, R two. Yeah, so that, no R no two at the end, but yeah, just yeah. That
2: so that's how the combos work. I I I like it a lot. Um, it's almost. It's it, You You end up lock, unlocking so many that you start to kind of get confused on which one of them do what because you're like, wait, did I do R1 pause R1 R1 or did I do R1 R1 pause R1? Like you're like, wait, and what was the difference between the two? So it, it becomes – but you find the ones that you like yeah. and uh, you stick with those, right, to fit your play style. And then the other thing yeah. I want to mention is is there's a lot more weapons in this game so many weapons. Yeah. Perhaps so- too many. <laughs> well, <laughs> At th- times. I'll get there. So, <laughs> And some of them are really, really cool, like the Spike Thrower and the Shredders, and, and one that I, I was like, I don't know if I can talk about this, but I just saw the B-roll, so of course I can. It, one of them that's really, really cool is uh, it's a canister bow. And basically what it Ooh. is, is it's a bow mm-hmm. that has a canister attached to the arrow. And so it'll be like a poison canister or a shock canister. And you shoot The enemy and it attaches that canister to them that you can then shoot that canister and cause a chain reaction stuff like that is like super cool and stuff you really couldn't do in the first one
3: the cool thing is too with that is if you don't uh end up exploding the canister say you kill it beforehand like or you're fighting with npcs and they kill it before you can trigger it you can go Mm -hmm. and pick that canister back up and it gives you the resources to recraft that so you can go back and recraft that ammo later
2: Nice. So like, yeah. it's well, super it's cool. a, it's like the same with like traps. Like now there's vertical yep. traps to be able to take down flying enemies and th- there's a lot of stuff. Alright, now on to my 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 couple of slight things is, is something <laughs> Jonathan said. There are almost too many weapons in this game. Which I know is gonna be blasphemous for some people. It's a big open world RPG. That's true. But when you scan an enemy and This enemy is weak to fire, but then he has shock canisters. You're like, all right, I got to pull out those bows. Right, the music stops completely, halts everything because now you got to pull out those bows. And then the very next enemy you meet, or maybe an enemy in the same crowd, is only weak to purge water. And then you're like, oh, but you know, I don't have that bow out because I didn't know he was there because I didn't scan every single person because I got ambushed. There's a lot of weapons. Snulping. almost too many
1: <laughs> almost too many um it, it can be really <laughs> overwhelming i think that's totally a fair criticism of it, it like yes. it does let you ultimately get the chance to make those builds kind of like jada was saying like you can mm-hmm. really fine tune it to your play style but i would say especially early on there are a lot of times where I'm like, do I have the right weapons? Did I put the right weaves on, the right coils? Like, Am I doing right. things wrong? Because there are so many options, whereas the, the more limited scope of the first game's arsenal, you kind of only had so many ways you could go, and so ultimately you, you could figure that out. So I, like, it, it takes a lot more, I think, trial and error this time around. But well, you know, and in the having first those options game- can be good. yeah
2: yeah in the first game you could only put weaves in this game you also can upgrade and upgrading a bow could change what it does it could you know maybe it's got hunter arrows now it has poison arrows or now it has terror arrows so then it becomes this confusing thing where you pull out a bow that it's the only bow you have that does um you know the purple damage whatever it's called um right but turns out it's not upgraded at all. It doesn't have any weaves on it because you got that bow along with 30 other bows and th- it, it, it becomes a lot, but I am sure people will really, really like it. Uh, the only other thing I'm going to say is, is, and this isn't to counter what Jada said, uh-huh. she found a valor surge. She really, really liked. I feel like the valor surges in the game are mostly underwhelming. There's, uh, 12 of them because there should be two each tree.
1: I think that's I, right.
2: I think I found one that I, I care about. Like most really? of them, yeah. And, and I, I I this isn't just to say that I'm right, but <laughs> <laughs> there's 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 people in our Slack channel that uh, I, I had a conversation with a couple of them where they were like, what are the point of these valor surges? And I was like, dude, I don't know. I, I ended up getting the shock one which was shown in the first state of play trailer because it's the only valor surge that I've cared to use. The first two I got made it where it's, like, I don't know. It was supposed to make my bow stronger. It did not seem like it was doing anything. And it became yeah. a point where I just stopped using them altogether until I Are got you? the shock one. And the shock one's great. But you can only use it once, and then it's gone. And so it's still something that I kind of just, like, forget about a lot of the times. Because I'm, I'm like, it's this big AOE shock thing. So I have to find the perfect moment to use it. And and. You know, I just never think about it. So, so it's again a personal opinion. I, I no, think totally, totally. Are... <laughs> I totally.
3: I totally. I feel like that's kind of especially their level one forms. A lot of the Valor Surges are very minimal additions to your combat repertoire. It mm-hmm. the, really where they become um, very valuable is when you get some to, to level three. Like I use, like I said, I use the Machine Master one at level three. I also use the Stealth Stalker one, which literally gives you an invisibility cloak. So mm-hmm. I go through an entire. Anytime I see a bandit camp, I swap to that valor surge, and I just walk through and just assassinate every single person in that camp without any type of alarms going off or anything.
2: So like, does there, it, it does it last that long?
3: It, once you get it to level three, it refills mm. on assassination kills.
2: Oh, oh wow. Wow. okay. So
3: yeah, so there's a lot of really good valor surges, uh, depending on how you upgrade them and such. It, like the big thing is, is, it's not very clear about upgrading them. Like to first unlock them, you have to unlock the three skills that are around it. And it goes and it's like, cool, it's unlocked. It doesn't ever tell you like, hey, go on to the skill and then it'll show you you can upgrade it to the next level to increase mm-hmm. its ability. So like, I feel like there could have been a little bit more visibility for that, because I feel like that's a lot of people miss that I did for the longest. I had upgrade like I f- almost maxed out my hunter tree, almost maxed out my melee tree, almost maxed out my healing tree. And then I was like, okay let me look at these oh it's like that's how i upgrade the skill i have to go and it's like now i have like i gotta go do a bunch of side quests so i can get the skill points mm-hmm. to upgrade these skill these valor surges um but yeah i feel like it's very much a they're gonna work really well with if you do valor surge builds because there's a lot of co- uh, coils and stuff you can do to build up your valor so it refills okay. a lot faster but yeah mm-hmm. i've
1: i've forgotten to use them if i'm being honest it's no. not a I, I totally like you. You talking yeah. about them right now, and also what you were saying in, in our Slack earlier about the the specific part one that you've been using and really liking. I can. I'm already thinking about like because I I'm going to spend most of our weekend playing this game because I can't stop playing it. But yeah. I'm going to try to use those a bit more because yeah, I, I would say they are one of the things that is there, but I don't use and it, it hasn't felt like I've had a problem without them yet. But I could see how they they could make things more fun or dynamic if I was using them in the right way.
3: Uh, so one thing I will say about like the bows and the different ammo types is as you get to the higher different tiers, blue, green, green, blue, purple, there's more available in each of those. So like I imagine as you get later and you're getting the different like special gear, you have more options available. So like, and you have more slots now on the wheel, which is nice. So like, yes. you have yeah. I think mm-hmm. six slots on your wheel and then each weapon can have up to three ammo types. So like if you've, you know, you, you set it up right, you potentially could have 18 different uh, like options for your ammo types. But at the same time, you know, figuring out like, hey, purge water on a rope caster probably isn't what I need. I probably would rather have shock. And so, like, finding the right weapons for that can be a little cumbersome. And I can see that. The only thing I think I've had like kind of issues with is. When I go to craft in the middle of combat, because potions are way more valuable to use now than they were in the mm-hmm. first game, yeah. and because um, they give you more bang for your buck, because you'll you'll burn through the metals, medicinal herbs so quick, um, if you're just tapping up on the D-pad, um, is the with the potions um, when you go to craft. I don't know if it's something with my game or what, but anytime I hold down to craft, I'm on the potion icon, it's like small potion icon to craft. But it instantly, once I go in, it takes me one to the left, which is rocks, and so I'm like holding. <laughs> i like, you can't, you can't craft rocks. You can't craft rocks. I'm like, gosh darn it. Uh, why not? And, and so I don't know why I can't craft rocks. Guys. Yeah, you uh, just break brood. a
1: rock into smaller rocks. That's how. Right. It works. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, so that that's one thing that kind of bugs me. And there's so many options when you have, like, once you as you expand that pouch to have so many things. Like when you're cycling through it, it takes a really long time. Yeah. And you can't cancel once you activate, like using a potion. I can't tell you how many times where I was like, "I need to set a trap," and I start drinking a potion, and I'm like, "Oh, I can't <laughs> even, I can't even dodge roll to cancel it." So I wish there was a way to cancel that. Um, gotcha. That's oh, it's like-,
2: like it's like Dark Souls when you try to eat, drink an empty flask, and the game like completely punishes you because they like, huh? Uh, uh, yeah. And you're like, dude, <laughs> God, get <in> the- there's <laughs> 12 helmets. And yeah. he's just exactly. like, oh, this must be empty. <laughs> yeah.
3: Exactly. But you can't, it won't give you, at least there's no animation like that when you're out of potions. It's just when you're like trying to set a trap um, and you're, but you end up drinking a potion at full health and you're just like, okay, well, that was that was cool. I mean, they For do sure. overheal, which is nice, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. still, i like, I'd much rather have this when I get into combat than.
1: They give you a lot more like options to do from when you're in the midst of combat, like with the down D pad and you know like recharging your battery. But it, there are only so many buttons on a controller, and when you're yep. in yep. in the midst of those things, it's easy to kind of like lose track of that stuff. I totally get what you're saying. I do wish. I don't know if it's something I've missed, but I don't think it is. Uh, you were mentioning the the weapon loadout. It would be nice if you could save certain loadout combinations mm. and be able to switch like your. Weapon oh, that would be
2: so. That's something I never thought about. That would it, be that would be legit
1: just in terms of like you know like to Jada's point of doing a a stealth build i'd love to be be like okay i want this outfit with these weaves these weapons with these coils or whatever and these upgrades and then just be able to do a swap like a total kind of like profile swap almost but i don't know if that's even humanly possible to build into this game
3: that's Um, not something i've seen i I don't know like it's
2: it's definitely not in the game but but man that would be super cool
1: gorilla if you're listening
2: Please.
3: Uh, Anyway, there's
1: still a lot to talk about, so I do want to keep moving. Um, Let's talk a little bit about traversal, uh, just because obviously (laughs) that's a big thing that I think people will be wondering about. and, And I got to see a little bit of it, obviously, that I talked about in the preview, but now you've both also gotten a lot more time with it. Uh, you do have the shield wing. You do have the pole caster now as, as two options to help get around. Uh, you still can ride machines. That's still a ability to be able to hop on the back of a charger. They give that to you pretty early in the game, mm-hmm. so you should be able to get that and, and move around pretty easily. Swimming is obviously a, bit, a bigger deal uh, in in this one as well. Um, but yeah, Mark, I'll start with you. I think like I, a thing that I think think people will wonder is like you know, the, it's obvious to get into the comparisons of, is it like Assassin's Creed? Is it like Breath of the Wild? Is it like Ghost of Tsushima? Is it like those things? Oh boy. Um, Exhausting. I, th- I think, yeah, it, like those conversations are going to happen. I think in terms of like, does it Im- evolve the horizon mm-hmm. template? I think it does. Is there a little 100%. bit more? I wish it did. Yes. But I think yeah. in terms of getting around this world, I mm-hmm. never felt that prohibited. But like, what, how did you feel about it?
2: Yeah. Not, not, uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't want to compare it to anything else except for itself, right? Uh, The first question I want to let everyone know is, no, the shield wing does not have a stamina gauge. You can jump (laughs) from the highest building you can find all the way to the floor and there is no limits to how much you can use it. So I remember there was something we asked about, and I've seen a lot of buzz of it uh, on Twitter, where it's like, oh, well, maybe in the dev builds they're just not showing a stamina. Maybe at eventually – nope, you could ride that thing all you want. Uh, climbing is exactly what we've, sh- what you've seen, right? It's c- climbing is is specific right it's where it's supposed to be in my opinion right like I I have a a clip that I had shared on our slack very early on where I kind of dove off the side of a mountain because something blew up and I just could not get up that mountain because that mountain just wasn't climbable that's just how it is right the game is still somewhat limited I guess you could say on where you can climb but there it would be weird to want to climb everywhere, I guess. That's where the Assassin's Creed comparison comes from. There's a lot of climbing you can do in those games that leads to nothing. In this game, if you can climb somewhere, it's because you're supposed to be able to go up there. Like you're gonna, you're gonna discover very early on in the daunt there are single towers where you can get an item. And those signal towers need to be climbed up to so that part of the mountain is fully climbed right and then there's still a lot of those handholds you'll see in zero Dawn. but uh you know if you're watching the video version that mountain to the left can you climb that probably not right and, and there's there's two ways to know and i've talked with other members of staff and i i guess it's kind of divided for one you can you can do your your little pulse on your focus and it'll show where the handholds are. Another option the game gives you, if you want to go this way is there's an accessibility option where you can make it where they're always highlighted. So what'll happen is, is you'll run by a mountain and those little yellow, like um, wireframe bars that shows you where you can climb are just always going to be highlighted. And I've talked to a few people on staff that are like, yeah, I I didn't want to sit there and have to pulse my thing. And so now I can just see I run by a mountain I can climb there. I know that. I don't have to like scan everywhere. I didn't do that because, again, at the beginning, it was very much this: can I, can I, Assassin's Creed climb everywhere? It, 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 that wore off very quick, and I realized I don't care if I can climb in everywhere because I only going to climb where i'm supposed to climb anyways so who cares right um and so i I would say yes it's going to be more limited compared to other games but as far as zero dawn it is a complete step up um and same with the caster, right being able to use your little hookshot thing can only happen certain places It happens in the places you're supposed to be able to do it and it's really cool when it happens
1: (laughs) yeah I I think people are going to see the game and wonder why you can't climb everything because that has become sort of a like thing people want and I like I I understand that point of view of wanting that in a game but I yeah I very much have like I don't think there have been times in this game really where I've I've known a destination or somewhere I want to go and I'm like why can't I spend 10 minutes climbing this massive mountain to get there because one that would be boring and mm-hmm. two, usually the path there isn't that long anyway, and there's a lot of worthwhile stuff along the way.
2: Like I, and, and, and chances are it's just not going to lead to anything anyways. Yeah. So you know, it's
1: and like I do, I there are just ultimately going to be people who are frustrated by that, and like I, I don't know what to say because I I get that because that is obviously I think something that has become talked more and more about when it comes to open world games. But for this game, I have really not encountered times where I'm like I can't get there. Oh, it's going to take me thirty minutes to go around a slight small road to get there. It's like no, maybe it adds thirty seconds because I can't climb this wall.
2: Yeah, Um, I actually forgot that I cared about that. I guess you could say, like when they first showed it. I think yeah when they when they first showed it and everything lit up right in the first state of play and. We kind of started having those thoughts, and they were like, "Yeah, basically anything's climbable, and and you know it's kind of auto-generated, and um, it gave you those like Assassin's Creed vibes." Yeah, but once I got past the dawn, I never once thought again, "Why can't I climb this thing?" Like it, that's just not what this game is, and I'm totally okay with that. I, that's fine.
3: <laughs> there's and there's still plenty of stuff that you can climb, and it's very <laughs> natural to climb. There's an area as you're starting to get into the Forbidden West um, where there is the uh, the shell moth, shell snap. I can't remember. Whatever the sure. turtle Mide looking Ma? one. <laughs> or, no, oh, the, turtle, shell the shell snapper. Shell snapper, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this uh, mountain in the middle of one of the battlefields, and you can totally climb that and use that in and out of combat. Um, yep. And it's, like, it's totally like you could totally climb up and go over it if you're just traversing by. I personally used it for high ground um, because I also have bonuses for doing damage from a higher altitude than enemies and stuff mm-hmm. built into one of my builds. So it's super helpful for that. And it's cover, you know, always take the high ground. That's a, you know, a tip for those who don't know that tip. Um, I feel like we all should by now. But <laughs> anyways, uh, but yeah, like, you know, like Mark was saying that mountain to the left of that first, that first clip he was talking about mountain to the right actually is climbable, right? Um, <laughs> but it, and it leads to stuff. But I like I I was like, I remember seeing in our Slack channel people talking about, yeah, I hit an invisible wall. And I was like, I haven't seen any invisible walls. That's where they were probably talking about it. Because there is an invisible wall if you go far enough high enough, high enough, (sighs) far enough up, and then far enough to the right, it does hit an invisible wall. But it's not like a like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff over there invisible wall. Like, no, this is like obviously an unplayable space. Like this is not somewhere that you need to go. There's nothing like the map is unfogged over there. You can Every, see mm. like, everything you
1: want to get to and everything you want to get is it is, is attainable. Like it's, it's yeah, not exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing that like, there's no reason for you to climb that area. I did it just because I wanted to see if there <laughs> yeah. potentially was stuff over there. But like Mark said, once I left that, the daunt, like there really hasn't been a need to want to climb everything. There's just like, the stuff that I need to climb, I know it's climbable and I climb it. And I don't even have to worry about like, most of the time, I don't even like, uh turn on my focus to see the the, the handholds. I just jump at a wall and she starts climbing. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's very natural for it me. It starts
2: to, yeah. You
3: yeah. know, and I, I really enjoy that kind of immersion to the game for myself with how I'm playing it. And so totally. like, some people will do it that way as well. Some won't. Some will have it always turned on. And that's, you know, it's great. That's the beauty of like, accessibility options, like, to each their own. Um, so, uh, one thing I will, my favorite thing about the, uh, traversal uh, is the, I've been shield wonging everywhere I can go. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I was in Sounds the desert. Sounds so wrong. <laughs> it does so, <laughs> sound so wrong. I was in the desert and I saw this storm and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I jumped into it and I shield wung just, just hovered inside the storm, shield wonging away. If and I may. It was so great.
1: Shout out to, because I missed one of these, but shout out to both Matthew and Aaron after our uh, preview episode on Twitter, who tried to help make S.H.I.E.L.D. Wong a thing. You two are fighting the good fight, and <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Um but yeah, no I, w-
2: I want to talk about like how much like actual platforming is in this game, though. There, there's a lot of it. There are yeah. these specifically, like they're kind of scattered throughout the side quests and the main quest. But the, there's also um, these old ruins that you go through, and mm-hmm. dare I say the words um, uh, Zelda breath of the wild shrine, but that's kind of how they feel where it's like these <laughs> very self-contained puzzle that you kind of have to figure out and you have to like move a crate around and stuff. And it, it does this really like cool, almost kind of dark soulsy thing where once you get halfway through the challenge, she'll like, Oh, I can knock this ladder down. So that yeah. way, if you, if you fall, you, you don't have to start over. You can climb back up that ladder. It's almost like a checkpoint. There is a lot of that. So you're going to be like climbing and, and, Kind of jumping around quite a bit because there's a lot of that in the – there's one – Story quests in particular where you're going through this like almost like sewer kind of part and there's there's a ton of that where you can fall in the water yeah. and you're like oh I have to start over but then eventually you're like oh there's a thing I can pull with my pool caster and you're like what did that do and you're like oh it created a shortcut that way if I fall again I can climb back on that awesome like yeah, and I, I really like that so if you do want to climb and, and platform and stuff like that that's here <laughs> for sure Yeah, there's there's definitely
3: a lot that of that second ladder
2: Oh, I missed the second
3: ladder and I fell and I was like, uh, oh. and I, I saw, it, in, I saw it from the water. I saw it from the water. I was like, Oh, cool. there it is. Yeah. There it is.
2: No, I love those.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: The, it, it's, I think they're very understanding of the fact that this is not a game where you can climb everything, but where you need to be able to climb things. They're mm-hmm. very forgiving and giving you checkpoints essentially to be able to get back to where you need to. If, if you mess up, yeah. um, we, speaking of those, you know, searchable areas where we are, Uh, Pretty long in and I I don't want to miss out on talking about these but there are a lot of different things to do out in this world. Um, This is a game Mm -hmm. that it you know does have a big map and a lot of markers on it to go to I don't think it ever gets too uh, daunting. In terms of chasing after those, because I think so many of them are really interesting and varied. We've talked about some of them on the show before. I think there's some that we don't want to spoil for people, but there are sure. thi- things like those yeah. those ruins you can search for th- mm-hmm. to get certain collectibles. Uh, there, are, There's machine strike at, at pretty much every big settlement that you can play and, and collect p- parts for. Hunting grounds <laughs> are back. Um, there's, there's a lot of variety to it, and I'm curious how you have all been enjoying or you know distracted by for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. those things from the main path because for me it is that push and pull of i really love the main story and i've loved what i've been exploring of it but i also want to go do everything because so far everything i've done has been fun and and mark at least for Mm -hmm. you i'll start with you i know there's a particular one you've been enjoying
2: yeah so i really like uh i i I think this is what you're talking about i like the bandit camps (laughs) yeah just because i really like I really like the human contact or the the human contact, the human combat (laughs) in this game. Uh, So uh, being able to melee and being able to like, you know, kind of, it's very much improved. And so I, I really, really like, the bandit camps. Um, I, I did not play almost any machine strike. I did the tutorial thing and I was like, nah, this is, nah, that's fine. Can't stop. Man. Maybe, maybe I'll <laughs> go back to it. Uh, but yeah, it, exactly what Dornbush was saying was, I don't want to spoil all the things, but there are a lot of things that there, there is one thing that some people were getting kind of frustrated by. I, I didn't, but that's fine is there are things in the world that Aloy will verbally say Oh, I can't do anything with this yet. And she doesn't say why it's just, you know, I, I can't do this. And it'll even show up on your map and it'll say like non reachable area. Right. And what'll happen is you'll do a main story quest and you'll get an item. And all of a sudden, all of those particular ones that can now be progressed through are on your map. Right. And, uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like i'd hate to especially in an open world like this i would hate to be like just progress halfway through the game but i I will say there are there is going to be a lot of things that stop you until you hit certain points in the story where she gets these like permanent upgrades um that you're going to be like oh here it does the assassin's creed I think all of them, but I'm thinking of origins where it'll show a question mark. And you're like, okay, let's go see what that is. And then it's like, oh, it's this thing that's like underwater. So then you go underwater and then she'll say, oh, okay, I can't, I can't do this. And you're like, well, now, I gotta, now I've wasted my time because I'm doing something. I, I've now done this thing <laughs> that I I will now eventually have to come back to. And so I, it's, it's a tip that I don't f- completely stand by, but a lot of the open world stuff is, is, is worth doing once you're about halfway through the game and you have all those permanent upgrades.
3: I,
1: I would I say, though, at least, sorry, Jay, I was just going no, to say go to No, go for it, please, please. Uh, just on on that note, there's still a lot to do, though, even with those things blocking mm-hmm. you. So it's like, I yeah, I get people's frustration of like coming across that early in the game. It's I think they want to just make sure you see the totality of the map, and if you skip an area, there's reasons to come back to it. Um, mm-hmm. And so even if you do do everything in an area, there will be reasons to go back. And, and there there are also fun story and character reasons to go back. And, mm-hmm. and so I think it encourages that stuff. So, yeah, I think it can be a frustration for players, and I kind of get that. But I I don't think you'll run out of things to do necessarily. <laughs> like no, definitely so
2: not. It's It's just one of those things where I know there are some people that are like, I want to – I am not going to move on until I clear Total. everything. Very specifically the daunt, right? The daunt is this like five or six hour area that is, is it's not separate from the rest of the game, but it is the starting area. And I, I don't know anybody that didn't 100% it before, you know, you leave, right? Uh, but there are things in that area that are, are like, you cannot do this. And yeah. so then you become this, it becomes this weird, like, I want to do everything. And it's like, well, you you can't, Yet there's still yeah. a lot though.
1: <laughs> yeah. But sorry, Jada, go go ahead. Yeah,
3: no. All I was gonna here. say is like even these, um specifically like you were talking about like one of these underwater areas. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times in those areas, the developers are really nice about putting things that are still within reach that are like kind of minor rewards. Like, hey, you mm-hmm. found this cave. You can grab this, you know these these gems or these these chests that you can dive down far enough to reach uh, currently. So you don't. It doesn't feel like a complete waste of time. Um, and so, and it, so, I really, you know, I'm thankful for that at least because I was one of those people. I was trying to finish everything before moving on. I was like, okay, obviously, I need some type of tool to go further. And so, but I was like, oh, there's like three chests down here, so I can probably reach those without drowning. We'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, I still haven't there's... drowned. I still haven't drowned yet, so I have no idea what happens. Me neither. <laughs> if you run out of air underwater, you
2: you, you just die. I, I drowned. Okay. I drowned in the dawn because <laughs> yeah. in the dot there's a cave that yep. you can like shimmy through the uh you know the cracks uh, or whatever and once yep. you're in there there's like nowhere to get air and i was like what am i supposed to be doing what i, I don't know what i'm doing and then it, <laughs> she died
3: <laughs> yeah there's like yeah. yeah there's like two or three chests in there so i like i literally i did that mm-hmm. I shimmied in grabbed one flew shimmy back out went up came back down shimmy through grabbed another like it was it was a way longer process than it would have been if i just waited to explore the that area with the tool well
2: i did but. i didn't know that um You you have a a bar that's going down. I didn't know that when you like you sprint underwater with the you know The fast swimming or you push circle and she'll do the It does so I was using the like underwater dash and it'll just take huge chunks of your thing Mm. And I'm like panicking. I'm like what am I what am I supposed (laughs) to be doing? And uh, I'm just like Causing myself to drown where if I would have just been like, okay, let's just just calm down Get back (laughs) through the crack, (laughs) I probably would have been fine, but I I Uh, I panicked instead.
3: I will give a tip for anybody who does find themselves in that situation. If you have fast travel packs, you can open up your map and fast travel while underwater to any camp, and you'll prevent yourself from drowning.
2: Yeah, I didn't think about that because I was panicking.
3: I I had to... that's I got fair. stuck under some like debris- some weird geometry at one part. It was not even deep water. It was very shallow water. But I was stuck <laughs> underneath this weird piece of geometry, and I was like, oh, I'm about to drown. Like, Let me see if I can fast travel out of this. And I could. So.
2: Nice. It's a good call. Smart. I, yeah, it's, it's called thinking it's on your surprising,
1: feet. It's a surprising bit of Metroidvania that maybe mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect in Horizon, but I think if you go in knowing that, it will make those moments less exciting yeah less frustrating because it's just a part of go through as Mark said I think you will be able to do plenty of side stuff without those and and don't sweat that you have to go back for those too much because it's fun to go back it's fun to see how things change Um, we Mm. are running a little short on time so I do quickly want to touch on it because I know people are going to be wondering how the game plays uh, visually and and audio wise and and how its performance is as I said all three of us have played it on PS5 Mark you've played a bit on PS4 with the you know performance comparison and everything I know that's not like exhaustive look at it how how were obviously i know you were coming from the ps5 version of it and oh my gosh you know with with the ps5 of it all removed how was it performing on on ps4 and ps4 pro
2: that's what makes it rough right it's playing so much on ps5 um totally fine basically exactly what you would expect like uh we don't have site. Cy- you know, there, there's, it's not a cyberpunk situation. The game runs completely fine on PS4. And, and you know, it other than it, you know, looking a little bit better, same on PS4 pro like 30 FPS. I, I don't, I didn't see it dip a ton again. I haven't left the daunt uh, on those consoles because the save transfer is not one of those things where I, I can't, I, I beat the game on PS5. I don't think I can just load that save on PS4. To, to be at the end of the game. I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Um, the way save transfers work. I think you can do it from PS4 to PS5. I think. I don't even know. But basically. Um, being in the Dawn. It's been it's been totally fine. It's slowly playable. If you're watching the video version. This footage specifically is the PS4 version of the game running. And she is fighting a tremor test. The only like. Sure bummers. Uh, other than, than just visual fidelity. Is the load times. If you.
1: I was going to ask about that, yeah.
2: They're the same as, like, you know, Zero Dawn, right? It, it's, it's you know, it's going to be a little bit of a load <laughs> to get the game going. The, the two bummer parts about running on a normal hard drive, which is what the PS4 and PS4 Pro have, is the map takes, like, a, a couple seconds to load sometimes. So you'll hit mm-hmm. the touchpad, and it'll just be a black screen, and then the map will come up, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of annoying <laughs> but again on PS5 it's just you push it and it's just so instant that for it to to be black for a couple of seconds was was pretty annoying same with like a workbench you'll run up to a workbench and you'll push triangle and it'll just go to black and it'll be black sometimes 5 6 seconds which is feels like an eternity sometimes and then it'll load up it's just the it's just the nature of of a game coming out in 2022 being forced to run on uh, you know, super old hardware, right? Like that's just how it is. The, the game runs on a console that came out in 2013. I I will say, and Dornbusch, you said you haven't noticed a lot of these, and but Jada, you said you did. Is there are these things, and this happens even on the PS5 version, and it was something they. I thought we're going to patch out, but we've, we've all updated our game and it's still there. So I I have to assume it's going to be at launch because I I don't know how much they're going to change in these last few days. There's this thing that happens where the game will just dip to black and it'll come back Mm up. And, and then, like I said, that happens on PS five, like you're just playing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're just running and black. And then it comes right back up and you're like, what, what was that? And that's the game loading the world. I have to assume future patches are going to get rid of that, but I can tell you right now on what they've said is the day one patch, it still happens. So on PS4, it'll dip to black and even pop up a little bit of a loading screen, and that'll happen Mm. at the most random times. It'll happen in combat, so that's something Mm. that was annoying on PS5 possibly infuriating on the other consoles, but <laughs> yeah. uh, Dornbush, you said you haven't experienced a lot of those. I ha-
1: I saw one of them when I was playing last night, coming out of a cutscene. scene. That's- so
2: I've had it happen multiple times in yeah. one play session, That's or not, wild. sorry, in yeah. not one play session, in like one area like i'm running yeah. and it dipped to black it came back up and then i'm running and then it would dip to black again and i'm like yeah what are you doing and i didn't know what it was doing i didn't know why that was happening and then yeah. i would watch my wife play who's playing on ps5 and it happened to her it wasn't until i played the ps4 version that i noticed that it's like it's like micro loading the world because gotcha. that's when it dipped to black and then a little bit of a little bit of a loading screen and yeah, then it would I- come back up
1: I think just to what you were saying as well, like obviously it is worth letting people know we have been playing a bit before the day one patch uh, and then the day one right. patch came and it didn't necessarily solve this completely for you in any way. So I'm not going to I'm not it, trying to say it, the day one patch
2: did it did not. Yeah, but, but it's it's something that I, I do think will get solved for sure.
1: Yeah, and it, I think those are things that we probably as we're as we're seeing like just you and me comparing our, you know, experiences of it. I have not seen it as much, so it probably will vary how much you get it from person to person.
2: Um, I also don't want to make it but. sound detrimental. Exactly. Yeah, like I, so I'm saying like, minimal. I can play, I'll play for like four hours and maybe it'll happen once. I just had it like a spike of it for some reason where mm-hmm. it happened a couple of times in a row. Yeah. It, but it's, like on the, It's not something that's going to kill your experience at all, or no, I would totally. be complaining a lot more about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think on the whole it's, it's a very beautiful and impressive world. And yes, I've been playing on the PS5 version. So I do have that the benefit of that hard drive loading is, mm-hmm. is practically non-existent. Or if it's there, it's very minute. It's a couple seconds at most. Um, yeah. and, and that's wonderful. And Jade, I know you've been playing on PS5 as well.
3: Yeah, it's maybe I think maybe it's like two sec two two and two and a half, three seconds tops. Um, anytime I die in an encounter and I have to mm-hmm. reload back. Um, so yeah, same same with like fast
2: travel. It's like, yeah, it's It's
3: so quick. Like you'll get a load screen and you'll maybe finish one of the six lines of writing. That's of text that's on the screen. And then you're, you're in your next location. Same with like your instant loading in. As soon as you click continue to start your save file, you're just there. Like Mm -hmm. it's like eight seconds. I think tops, like from time you hit continue the screen fades out and when it fades back in, you're literally there. Like it's just so fast. Um, yeah,
2: it's it's not Spider Man fast, but it's it's fast.
3: Yeah, it's pretty. But yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Are but you also guys it's, playing on? It's a
2: much bigger on,
3: world. So yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Are you guys playing on a performance. a performance or visual?
3: I'm playing on performance mode. I was on visual, but I was getting this weird in the very first area. I was getting this weird flickering on the visual quality mode. And so and it was giving me a headache, so I had to switch to performance and I haven't seen that flickering at all. Um was that but I also pre-patch? haven't tried it. It was pre patch as well. Okay. So J- I had to in, in, yeah, in do sure. yeah, that, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It was pre patched, yeah. so I'm sure it, and it and like I dipped into quality a couple times for like some like uh screenshots and stuff in areas and I didn't notice that they're even pre patched. So I think it was just like one area with like just like the mist that was in the air from like a waterfall or something that was just playing <laughs> mm-hmm. weird with the camera. So it's probably just like a very isolated thing. So I wouldn't even have anybody worry about that. Uh, but performance they try to. Goes...
2: Oh, Go sorry. Ahead. I was just going to say, like they try to throw a lot of extra detail in the beginning. Like there the is beginning a lot, is a yeah. very like uh, closed off area. Um, yeah. But yes, performance. So but yeah, smooth. the
3: performance, it is. It's buttery smooth. Like Ooh, it's so perfect- good perfect dodge like perfect dodge rolling and hitting those uh those those windows of uh Mm -hmm. immunity on your dodge rolls like i can't tell you how many times where i was like oh i'm about to get hit by this like electrical attack or this blast and i just dodge rolled the perfect time and the impact still like hits you but there's like you're you don't you don't um it doesn't affect you at all no damage it doesn't mess up your stride you just keep going with your roll it's like it's really well done with just like if once you get that perfect dodge down
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an action game. So, like, to me, like, man, the... The 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 feeling is way more important <laughs> than the looks, but, but at the same time, I, I gotta be honest. I don't. I think performance mode looks better. Like only because I f- my eyes see sixty fps so much better than thirty. That yeah. like, sure, maybe there's more detail on that wall, but like the smoothness of performance mode, I, I feel like the game looks better in performance mode. Oh, man, the game is so pretty. It's, it's so,
1: really pre- sorry, I'm so pretty. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say just to give the opposite. I am i've primarily played on the uh quality mode um mm. just because that's usually how i like to play uh especially sony first party games just on my my first go through just to see the world and the detail and it is i i think like sw- i've switched probably it's probably been like 80 quality 20 percent uh performance and that performance mode like for combat is tremendous like i yeah, yeah you both are totally right it is so so fun to play that way i will say it like I don't think it looks bad in any way in that mode, too. I think you're totally right, but there is something to, I think, the the way everything pops in the in the quality mm-hmm. mode like I think mm-hmm. the the effects feel like they're really jazzed up it does feel like you get to see a little bit more of the, of the shimmering of the of the water effects of the the plant movement like mm-hmm. things look a little bit more complex and unique in, in how everything's moving in the world around you that was kind of like what I was looking at but when you're in the midst of combat you're not really paying attention to all that so it doesn't matter right and and so I do think like if you have the option to switch between both test them both out and, and I think mm-hmm. it really so it will just come down to your
2: preference and taste. But um, if, if you like I lens flares, holy smokes, this game's yeah. got them. They JJ
1: Abrams definitely made this game, I think. I think well, I'm going to run
3: quality mode for all the underwater parts. Yeah. Because <laughs> the underwater is gorgeous. So yeah.
2: They're so good at having you like run around the mountain too. Like they'll change the time of day. Um, and and they'll they'll they have this really good way of having you like run around a mountain and it's like beam there's your eyes balls yeah the game also does this thing uh, and it did it in zero dawn as well where it'll lock the time of day so, so, sometimes um, where it like when you're in the daunt there's no time of day running it's just always daytime it's not until you get past that is when the day/night cycle turns on uh, I will say a, a thing that I love playing the game during the day just because I like when it's bright this game lets you change your time of day versus zero dawn where if you don't want to play at night too bad yeah. like it was nighttime this game you can go to a shelter and you just change the time of day it's awesome you she sits a on a yeah. she sits on a stump for 18 hours <laughs> <laughs>
1: um very quickly because we're, we're pretty much out of time i will just uh jada just quick thoughts i know you were saying you're using the 3d audio a little bit for ps5 players what did, what mm-hmm. did you think just like quick snapshot
3: yeah no it's great i've played it pretty much exclusively in my headset because my partner is waiting to play it um, this weekend <laughs> and uh, shout out to Yusuf. Uh, but he uh, he he hates it when I play things out loud that he hasn't tried yet. So like because I just don't want to spoil it for him. So I've been playing exclusively mm-hmm. 3D audio. It's great. I can hear things on the left. I can hear things on the right. The ambience of the world is just chef's kiss. It is just so good. Like the, the score is elevated. It's just it's so good. The only thing that I do miss by using the 3d audio in the headset is i miss any of the sounds that might come through the dual sense controller because mm-hmm. you just don't hear stuff out yeah. of the dual sense very well when you're using i didn't the even
2: headset. think about that because i'm i'm playing primarily with the the pulse as well
3: yeah
1: I've, so, I've played a lot out i don't think you're missing a ton there's some nice environmental sounds that'll play through there but i don't think you're missing like game breaking sound effects that you would like completely changes it but it is a nice yeah. fun thing to have there but yeah the 3D audio sounded great. I will just give a shout out. I think the dual sense, the bow and arrow usage has been really great. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things you expect it from this sort of game. A lot yeah. of games have I think done maybe a little too much trying to make the triggers feel mm-hmm. like the gun or weapon that you're using.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, this one I, it's perfect. It's I, I turn so the
2: triggers perfect. off pretty regularly when it comes yeah, to like crazy yeah. stuff like that. I didn't for this. Yeah, for the for the dual sense is exactly what you would expect. You pry a door open and it's like you're like pulling the right trigger, you shoot your bow, there's some resistance. It's There's no surprises. It's awesome. Yeah,
1: it, it, it does do some cool stuff of emulating like the growls or the, the roars mm-hmm. of enemies, and you can feel the difference based on the size of the enemy or the sound that it's making, it, depending on the scene or the, or the machine. I think that stuff works really well. But yeah, it's I don't think any of it has been like groundbreakingly different, but it's been really good implementation of that stuff. But I think even playing without... Man, like as we've said, just to sort of wrap up, the core of what you were doing in this game is so fun. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Like this is, I'm so happy we got to have this discussion, and also, all loved it in this way because there is just so much to love, and I'm so excited for people to get to experience it.
3: Jonathan, yeah, can we can we nerd out for like 90 seconds on Machine Strike real quick? Yeah, yeah, Mark. I guess just shut I'll, your camera I'm, off. I'll yeah, see you guys. just just <laughs> by Mark, by Mark. Guerrilla, I love. Please.
1: Make it multiplayer. Let yes. Jada and I fight in Machine Strike.
3: Yes, we want to engage in machine-to-machine <laughs> combat or contact, as Mark likes to make with other humans in the game. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, machine Strike. <laughs>
2: God, like we need to censor that. Um,
1: God me. Anyway, Machine Strike. Machine yeah, it's strike, so good,
3: right? It's so good. Um, and like you know, that's also kind of um echoes back to like why isn't there weapon builds because you can build custom builds for your machine strike sets, and just equip those when you go into battle, so, like, yeah. depending on who you're playing, you might have a different set, like, I have a set that uses a lot of, um, Sunstriders and Scrappers, so like, just mm. attacking from range, and that then range I have other ones that, yeah. yeah, and I have other ones where I use, like, you know, Pranghorns and Fanghorns, where I want to push people around and wide maws and Bristlebacks, like, it's just I need so to, good, I need there's to play so this much more. depth, there's so much depth to it, um, and I feel like, I've probably played against four or five NPCs, and they're not like the smartest NPCs. Like, I wish the there was like ones. a more. Yeah, they're very, You'll run like, into so harder. far. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited for that later challenge, but I also want the challenge of playing against humans. I know. So, like, please gorilla please. <laughs>
1: gorilla if you even if you kickstart it i will buy it like kickstart yeah. like board games all are these days even if they're a sure thing kickstart the machine strike real game and i will buy it yeah it's a really really cool game i think if you're a person who likes in universe mini games like this and, like and you or can, like
2: orlog, you can like go around and collect pieces too like yeah it's yep. a collectible
1: yeah like the, it is a, a th- there are there are sellers there are like rare mm-hmm. pieces to get it's i think a really really good example of that type of game and if it's not your thing you can pretty much ignore it the whole time if you don't yep. care about those sorts of things it is Which not something mark they pressure you into but it's it's a lot of fun if you love that stuff it's it's one of the better i think in universe minigame sort mm-hmm. of things um yep. but on that note i think that's going to wrap us up i you know obviously we're going to be talking a lot more about horizon probably in the coming weeks and months and years i think it's Mm -hmm. safe to say this is my favorite game of the year so far i know the year is just starting but like i it's going to be hard for this one to be not in my top games of the year list like this is a really spectacular game
2: um i i I would say like just as closing thoughts like we we've been going for what an hour and a half or something like that i i feel like we still have several things we could probably talk about. We didn't talk about how stashes are different and that stashes exist. Like there's all these little things that people are going to experience. And, and I I could probably talk for another hour about how much I I love this game. I like it a lot. And I I will be bold enough to say that it is, it is my favorite PS five game. Like if I were to do a top 10, this would be on the top. Like it is gonna, we're gonna
1: update our list. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll just choose. Um, Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's fantastic, and if you have if if you if you love Horizon, there's no way you're if you love Zerodon, there's no way you're not going to love this game. Like it, it would it, be shocking. <laughs> it, I would I would be completely surprised. It, it is a very good game, and I I cannot wait to see people's photos, and oh, I can't yeah. wait to see what people are gonna you know I can't wait to watch the Twitch streams like I, I it's one of those things where we, you know this is a total first world privilege problem but there's only like 10 people I know that are playing this game right I so I can't wait until more people can play it and I can we can finally talk about it and and see what people sure. are saying on Twitter and, and 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 show us the things that we miss because you know that there's going to be a million things where I'm gonna watch a Twitter video and be like, what the heck like, oh, yeah. um, I, I, I I can't wait for people to play this game and uh, it's it's gonna. It's, it's the best ps5 game just this
3: yeah, i i 100 <laughs> agree it's by far the best use of the ps5 features so far outside of like astros um like it's just it's so just well done it's massive the story is great the advancements are great one of the three of us have family lineage in the game i'm not going to spoil who um <laughs> but you'll have to read the audio logs and stuff to find out who um but yeah, it's uh pretty great. I can't wait to re rank this and for us to be able to talk and share more because I love taking photos.
1: I forgot about that until you <laughs> mentioned it. I was gonna bring it up and I forgot. And we're not gonna say who, but I yeah. forgot about that. And man, yep. yeah, that so, was fun.
2: Someone yeah. is in the game. That's all yep. I'm gonna say. Uh,
1: this is yeah. Uh, I would like to-, to change
2: my answer. Astros is the best PS5 game. My bad. I forgot about that. Uh, all right, let's well, let's
1: deal with that in the meeting. We're that's gonna my bad. That in the meeting. But yeah, um, <laughs> closing thoughts It is. I think it is just such a great game. Like this is, I for me, the promise of of Horizon Zero Dawn really fulfilled. I think if this is Gorilla working on cross gen tech, I can't wait to see when they are just mm-hmm. you know focused on the newest stuff. I think this shows such an evolution in game design for them in mechanics, in storytelling. Like this is a really special game. I yeah. I really really loved it and I hope everyone out there who gets to play it does as well. You know, we're going to be talking about it. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts in the coming weeks. Please tweet at us. Please let us know what you're thinking of it as you get to play it. Again, reminder it's out February 18th. If you're looking forward to it, you probably already know that, but um, you know, Let us know what you're thinking about it once you start to play right into beyond at IGN.com and give us your thoughts on it. We'd love to read some of your thoughts on the show. Um, Tweet at us. I'm at JM Dornbusch. Mark is at Mark underscore Medina. Jada is at Jada underscore Rena. Let us know what you're thinking when you get to playing it. Um, We're going to talk about it more in depth in the weeks to come. More to say, but I hope you enjoyed this sort of first, I'd say pretty spoiler free. I think we kept it spoiler free.
2: I think (laughs) we we did a great job. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we did it. Uh, but I, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Beyond. Uh, we're normally live every Wednesday at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN games, and your favorite podcast services around the world. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to like and subscribe and, and hit those stars and all the buttons and things. And, sure. I, you know, the, the, what the kids say these days. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, thank you so much to Mark and Jada. Thank you for joining me for this episode. Thank you to Kate, our producer, for making this episode happen. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. We hope you have an excellent journey into the Forbidden West. I'm so excited. I just want to go play the game. Anyway,
2: Beyond. 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 IGN Fan Fest, a massive event celebrating the biggest names in games and
0: entertainment. And it's all powered by you, the fans. Join us for exclusive new looks and deep dives on the most exciting things you can't wait for this year. he just got goosebumps.
2: Brand new gameplay, sneak peeks, stars, and your biggest questions answered.
0: <laughs> IGN Fan Fest kicks off on February 19th at 11 a.m. Pacific, so don't miss a second of it.
3: New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps.
0: Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.